Hello and welcome to another episode of Octal FM Soundbite. I'm Sefran. And I'm Gelada. And today it's a very you-centric episode. Oh, as yeah. uh, I believe, it, did you say it was Microsoft recently had a, uh, a developers conference? Yeah, they did. It's called Microsoft Build. They do it every year. And there were a few things. There was some really cringy HoloLens demos. If you like watching businesses try and be cool, then definitely go and check out the HoloLens demos because they're always really hilarious. But the thing I wanted to talk about is quite developer-focused because it was a developer conference. Hmm. But uh, it's sort of related to general kind of geek culture as well, because it's it's an announcement that I think is sort of related to what I would call maybe like the operating system wars, Hmm. right? Where traditionally we've had um, Microsoft and Apple and Linux (laughs) as it's it's not a company, but, you know, as a thing, you know, always very separate from each other. They're not really, they don't really like each other and they're not really compatible with each other. And as a developer, historically, you almost never, unless you were building things for Windows, you wouldn't use Windows to be a developer. Uh, And that was because... Uh, a lot of software development was done on Macs and Linux. And L- Linux and Mac are inherently somewhat compatible because they're both based on a thing called Unix underneath, which is very old, but they, they both sort of share similar underpinnings, which means that because it's like two against one, that then becomes like the de facto. The default, right? yeah. There's loads of other reasons as well why, the, why those two are popular platforms for software development, but you get the idea. Basically, if you want to be a developer, it's like you kind of need Linux or Mac because that's where all the software is, all the tutorials, all of the code, everything that you do is all Linux and Mac. Mm. Sometimes stuff that is across all three won't even work properly on windows because the person that built it has a linux machine or a mac so hasn't tested the windows version right so historically you're very limited on windows and microsoft kind of hasn't really cared historically right that's not really been their thing their thing is selling outlook and office for lots of money to big enterprises right yes and they don't really care about small-time developers but small-time developers are becoming big-time developers and yeah. you know the web primarily has really changed the shape of software development and so you know you've now got so many more developers and a lot of them writing javascript which is the language programming language for, of the web basically uh, and microsoft is now kind of like taking note of this and under their new um, ceo Satya Nadella, they've really changed the way that they work with developers and one of the things that they released a few years ago was a thing called Windows Subsystem for Linux. Now, what this basically let you do is run Linux software within Windows. Hmm. Now, this is not new, right? And there's loads of different ways that you can run Linux stuff within Windows historically. First of all, you can emulate Linux. So that's a little bit like if you want to run a Wii game on your PC, right? You download Dolphin and it's an emulator of a Wii running on your PC. But that like an emulator is really slow because an emulator is literally pretending like it's like simulating an entire computer to run some software. Um, So that's not very useful as a developer um, because you don't want it to be slow. Why would you bother? You might as well just use Linux itself. Yeah. There's also virtualization, which you may have heard of, which is like, it's kind of in between. So it's like, the software knows it's not running on a real machine, but also it has kind of direct access to your PC, so it mm. can be a bit faster. But there's still like a layer in between, and quite a big layer. You're still running within a box within the machine itself. Yeah, it's like self-contained, right? Yeah. And, and it's got like a layer, a, a sort of window that it can get in and out of, pardon the pun. And then 
there's like another layer, which is quite unusual. And that's sort of like a compatibility mode. Uh, the compatibility layer option is really quite tricky because you need to have real underlying knowledge of both sides. Like if you're doing like Linux and Windows, for example. Um, so, and what that is, is basically it's not emulation or virtualization, but it's just like translation. So if you've got a program that's written for Linux and it says it makes a request of the system that it expects to be Linux and it's like, oh, hey, can you like uh, display this letter on the screen, right? And what you need is you need an entire layer that says, okay, for every message that this program is going to ask of Linux in inverted commas, I'm going to have an alternate, a way of dealing with that that is Windows, Hmm. right if that makes does that kind of make sense so it's like a very specific like like you say it's almost like a translation yeah it is it's like the program speaks linux and then windows is translating literally translating it like like it was a language into windows speak right and then translating back again so it's it's using linux to command windows via a kind of a go-between yeah as opposed to windows basically just pretending like it's got a linux box with inside it exactly yeah a whole it's not a whole computer it's just like a translation layer so it can't do like graphical stuff because that's way too complicated for a translation layer Hmm. but for stuff that's just text-based which is 99 percent of software development that isn't about graphical interfaces right like um if you were doing graphical stuff you would be doing it on windows anyway because you'd be building windows programs right yeah um or linux programs so like text-based stuff like things that website-based stuff that like runs on servers in data centers or machine learning or all of this like most of software development is just text-based really uh and so they and they released this thing. They built this this translation layer, which they called Windows Subsystem for Linux, and it was very buggy at first, and it didn't translate all the signals. But they've improved it over time to the point where now, if you have a if you have a Windows PC, if you open the Microsoft Store uh, on Windows 10, you can search Ubuntu, which is a version of Linux, and you can literally click Install, right. and it installs are like all the like Ubuntu software like terminal software and kind of like the basic programs into this subsystem that it can then run within windows in That's a terminal cool. and it's not virtualization it's not emulation and it has access to all of your files and it has all of this translation stuff and the performance is as if you were running on linux because it's not it's not um or it's close to as if you were running on linux because it's not virtualization there's no layer there it's just answering it's just translating and i suppose this is really beneficial for microsoft really because if people aren't going to use their platform for doing this development in the first place then they might as well make it possible to do this development on their platform by using a tool that they have provided and so you're like okay well this is cool but you know what now what right and so the answer to the now what has come out this year which is that they are absolutely doubling down on doing this and they are releasing a new uh, terminal like a new command prompt that is going to have proper built-in support for this windows subsystem for linux you're basically going to be able to click a drop down and swap between do i want to be doing windows stuff or do i want to be doing ubuntu stuff or do i want to be doing suzy linux stuff like all the different mm. versions of linux and you can just swap between them in a drop down to like choose what how you want to do stuff and they're going to build their own Linux kernel. And the kernel is like the the like underlying stuff of an operating system that is going to be in Windows 10. So that's going to further like enhance this subsystem. Basically, it's like you're going to 
your Windows machine is going to be Windows and Linux at the same yeah. time. Like it's kind of going to be both. And again, like no graphical stuff because at least for the time being, because it's just a whole nother different yeah. world, right? It's just another different layer of challenge. But for as a developer, there's some issues with Apple at the moment, right? Like their 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 hardware isn't as well looked after as it used to be. They're not it doesn't feel like as a developer you're necessarily being as well looked after as you used to be. Linux is still not an option because, in my opinion, because you you know, if you actually needed to do work, you would spend more time fixing your Linux installation than you were doing work. Mm. So, and Windows has traditionally been out of the picture because, well, the stuff that you're, the rest of your team is working on, you probably can't run on your machine because yeah. you've got a Windows machine. But now it's like, huh, maybe that actually... Bridges that gap and creates an environment where you can do this work and not have to also tackle the same problems that you were recently having with, with Mac-based stuff. Right. And also not tackling the issues with fixing Linux that you would have yes. if you actually run Linux because... The, the hardware doesn't support it properly, which is fundamentally the issue with Linux. I mean, this seems really beneficial to almost everyone involved other than Mac. Um, yeah, <laughs> because, right. Because, like I say, it just increases people to use a Windows machine if they can do both sort of thing, right. you know, so they have, they have both access. Uh, and just to draw a comparison, which maybe I can relate to a bit more, this feels almost like a Microsoft strategy as a whole because we were talking about something similar to this with the kind of combination of microsoft and nintendo products right mm, with like their right. their sort of merging of ideas and kind of cooperation with the switch and the the xbox game pass right 100 so, so this seems to be sort of microsoft goal is to sort of integrate themselves into lots of other really popular yeah. tech and companies kind of products so increase their overall market share without having to create more products themselves yeah definitely and you know i think that i think you're absolutely right and the thing is, is not only does it encourage people to use Windows that maybe didn't, but it's not really about Windows. Like they should probably be giving Windows away for free by now, to be honest. Like Mac, you know, Apple don't charge you for, for Mac OS anymore. You know, Windows really should, Microsoft really shouldn't charge you for Windows. That's not where they make their money. But Microsoft now also have a huge offering for developers of services that cost mm. a lot of money that for doing like AI and machine learning and hosting stuff. And, you know, it's a massive ecosystem. And so if you're already using Windows, that's like a real gateway into their services. Because also if you use their services, you don't need the subsystem for Linux thing. You can use all the Windows stuff because obviously they support it, you know, yeah. first class in Windows. So it's like, it then gives you that sort of like in of being like, well, you're already on Windows. So why don't you also use all the yeah, Windows stuff? No, it's clever. Right? Yeah, they've definitely thought about that and they're using it to their advantage. So yeah. I'm assuming that you will be using this and adopting it yourself into your own workplace. I, I think that I'm going to give it a try. I want to see like how good it is and then see if it is a viable option. Uh, you know, we're all pretty happy with Macs generally, but at the rate things are going like if it's a if it's an option then that's great if we're hiring people that are familiar with windows right and this is an option then you no longer have to get them to switch to mm. mac um, and sort out all of that kind of thing you know you've now got an option to be like yeah that's fine you can carry on using windows you know and sometimes that's useful as a developer because the more th different platforms you develop on yeah more diverse you know other people are using those platforms as well so yeah. it's it's good for it's good for that well, you'll have to check back in on another episode of Soundbite once you have yeah. sort of given it a, a good use and get your experiences of it and you know, how that's affected things both positively and negatively. Yeah, the new stuff, that, like the, the stuff that they announced is coming out in a few months' time. So I will definitely check back in with, uh, with that. Uh, but until then, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Oxlow FM Soundbite. I've been Sefran. 
And I've been Jalada. And catch you again for another episode very soon.